morning. Good to see you today. We are closing out a series today. If you're new, we've been in a series called Going Live Faith in Action. We're excited to wrap that up today. But I'm also excited about Pastor Adam, who's going to be preaching the next three weeks. It's a new series getting us ready for the fall. And so we wanted to quickly just show you um, what this next series is going to be about, and that'll start. So that will start next week, and so we hope you'll come and be a part of that. As I mentioned earlier, we're, we're wrapping up today. We've been talking about faith in this series, essentially learning to trust God. Um, not We can't always see God. Trusting in who we can't see, despite the circumstances that we can see. And what we've been talking about is a lot of different things over the last few weeks. And today we're talking about having faith as it relates to prayer. Did you know that, that when we think of the word prayer, it's kind of a churchy word. And if you're new this morning, sometimes we think a prayer is reserved for certain people. But really the word prayer, all it means is talking with God, communicating with God. And when we communicate with God on a regular basis... Um, there is great power that can take place. In fact, let's read today's clarity to get together. There is great power in prayer through faith in Christ. And that's the truth. There is great power in prayer through faith in Christ. And so we're going to talk about that today. If you have your Bibles and you want to go with me to James chapter 5, we're going to be there and then we're going to jump over to 1 Kings and, and tell you a story today. But as we're thinking about this today... Um, I want to share you share with you a story that I experienced about great power and faith. I was dating this really cute girl in college, and I ended up marrying that cute girl. Um, but before I married her, uh, my wife grew up in Fort Scott, and we both attended Mid American Nazarene University in Olathe, Kansas. And it was kind of close to summertime, and I had a summer class that I needed to take, and so she was home, and I wanted to go see her. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to surprise her. But the problem was, at the same time I wanted to surprise her, at that time I had this Chevy Corsica that was a lemon. I mean, it was a piece of junk. Have you ever Raise your hand if you ever had a car that's a piece of junk. Some of you would say, I've got one right now, right? And uh, it was a piece of junk. I mean, I'd be driving it, and it would just, for no reason, just start coughing like a person would cough. I think the car had emphysema or something like that. And then all of a sudden it would just die, and then, you know wouldn't work. So I always think things through, but uh, I decided by thinking this through that I would drive to see Wit at 10 o'clock at night, um, you know, and you know where Latha is from here. It's about two hours. And I started driving about halfway, probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes into the drive, I realized that's probably not a good idea. This car is probably not going to make it. And so I got just south of Lewisburg and all of a sudden she started coughing. She started spitting. And she started acting like she was going to die. And so I'm thinking, I'm going to die. I'm going to be on the side of this road in the middle of the dark. And this was a few years ago when we didn't have cell phones. You guys remember the bag phones? Those kind of things? I didn't even have one of them. I didn't have anything. And so the car starts doing its normal thing. And you have to understand this car, when it starts to do that, it's dead. I mean, the, the history of this car is once it gets to that spot, it's dead. And I started getting sweaty and I started thinking, I have really messed myself over. And I just decided that I was going to pray. And I said, God, this is a piece of junk car. But Lord, I pray that you would just give this car enough power to get to Whitney's. I just, I don't want to be stuck on the side. And I didn't just pray. I mean, I was praying. It's one of the hardest prayers I've ever prayed. 
And so this is the truth. Now, you know, some of us, maybe we could say that every time we pray something, it happens. And, you know, I've prayed prayers before that didn't happen. But I'm telling you this. This is the truth. Okay? It gives me goosebumps to tell this story. I prayed that prayer. And this car, whose history was to, you know, to, to die once it goes into this mode, started to regain power. I'm not making this up. And it, I got it all the way to Whitney's. And about the time I hit the driveway, it just went and died. And I share that story with you today because what we're talking about is prayer. And prayer has great power. Some of you have prayed for your kids. You've prayed for your grandkids. You've prayed for a job. You've prayed for things. You know what I'm talking about. James understood this too. He's talking about faith in this whole book. And he wraps it up with the power of prayer. And here's what he said. He said, not just any kind of prayer, but earnest prayer, which means intense and with conviction, means sincere. When we pray with sincerity and we pray with conviction and we pray with passion and intensity it has from a righteous person it has great power and it produces wonderful results let's read that together the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results so james starts talking about this and then he says then he starts thinking you know i need to give a practical example of what this looks like and so he says you remember elijah from the old testament elijah was a prophet he said elijah was just as human as we are and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall none fell for three and a half years And then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. In fact, if you know this story, King Ahab, who is a a king at the time and, and Elijah was kind of his prophet. Ahab was an evil king and did all kinds of evil. And the Israelites were supposed to worship the God of Israel. But Ahab led them into worshiping Baal, which was a false god. And that angered God, the one true God. And so he went to Elijah and said, look, there's going to be a drought. Because everybody's saying that Baal, you know, they think that Baal is the Lord of the harvest. That Baal is the Lord of the rain. And so I'm going to show him who the Lord of the rain is. It ain't Baal, it's me. And so there's going to be a drought. So you let him know. And so Elijah, who had this prayer life, this communication with God, Elijah didn't always get down on his knees and pray this prayer. Elijah just talked to God. We would call that prayer. He's talking with God. He's having intimacy and communication with God. And he's speaking to God. God's speaking to him. And he goes back to the people and says, there's going to be a drought. And so we see this drought end um, in this showdown between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. And, and that's a whole nother story and a whole nother sermon. But God shows everybody who the real God is. And, and long story short, we get to the point where God's ready to end the drought. And so we see Elijah again coming to Ahab. And he says, go get something to eat and drink. There's going to be a show. Okay. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. All right. Then we see in the next verse that Elijah climbs to the top of Mount Carmel and he bows low to the ground and he prays with his face between his knees. Now, shouldn't these scriptures be backwards? Because to me, Elijah should pray with his, you know, he should bow low and pray with his face between his knees before he makes a statement about hearing a rainstorm. But that's not the, that's not the chronological order of the verses. Elijah says there's a rainstorm coming and he hasn't even prayed for it yet. I mean, that's, if you're taking it contextually, that's what happens. 
So then, after he prays this, after he tells them there's a mighty rainstorm coming, he says to his servant, go look at the sea to check for a rain. So the servant goes and looks, returns to Elijah, and says, I don't see anything. Seven times, Elijah tells his servant to go look. And finally, the seventh time, his servant tells him, let's read it together. I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. So then Elijah shouts. Now, mind you, he doesn't see a rainstorm. He sees a cloud. He tells Ahab, hey, listen, you need to get in your car and you need to go home because if you don't hurry, the rain's going to stop you. And it wasn't too long, the the sky begins to become black with clouds, and a heavy wind brought a terrific storm. And that's the story that I want to share with you today, and we're going to unpack that for just a little bit. So we have Elijah here, who's got this great big faith, and and because of his communication and his prayer with God, and that's what God wants for us. So this morning, if you're in the middle of something today, and you want to have that kind of faith... Or you're trying to figure out how come my prayers are hitting the ceiling. Or why isn't, why isn't God breaking something loose in me today? Um, there's a few things that we can look from this passage of Scripture that we can learn from today as it relates to faith and prayer. And here's the first thing. This is just an observation from the story. Okay, Sin causes droughts. Let's say that together. Sin causes droughts. As we think about that today... Um, Here's what's happened, obviously. Ahab, as I mentioned earlier, has led them into Baal worship, has led them away from God, and God's not okay with that. And as a result of that, we see this drought. Many of you have heard this this quote before, but if you haven't, here's what it is. Sin takes you further than you want to go. It wasn't just back then, but in our lives too. Many of us have seen someone who's you feel like maybe has gone too far or or they're you know away from God, but sin takes you further than you want to go. It keeps you longer than you wanted to stay. Those of us who maybe are struggling with some kind of an addiction, we understand that. And then lastly, it costs you more than you want to pay. That's what, that's what we know sin can do. It can take you further, it can keep you longer, and it can cost you more. It can take you further, it can keep you longer, and it can cost you more. Let's say that together. It can take you further, it can keep you longer, and it can cost you more. That's what sin does. And sin's, sin can cause droughts in our spiritual life. If you are praying and, and you feel like you know, your prayers are hitting the ceiling, sometimes our prayers are hitting the ceiling not because of sin, but just God's wanting us to have faith and trust Him. But there are times, Scripture confirms this, where the reason... Not always, but the reason sometimes that our sin or our our prayers are hitting the ceiling is because we have something in our life that we've put ahead of God, which is some type of an idolatry, and it causes droughts. The other thing that we notice from this passage of Scripture that we just unpacked that James refers to with Elijah is this. I think when it comes to prayer, our posture matters. I remember a friend of mine saying that when they were praying for their child that they couldn't get low enough on the ground to pray. I think of people in my life that have been on their face for me. 
I think that our posture matters. In fact, when Elijah does, he claims this and then he goes to the top of the mountain and he begins to pray. Scripture doesn't just say that he prayed. Scripture says that he bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face. And I'm not flexible enough to do this, but you can imagine what it would be. Prayed with his face between his knees. I think there are times where God calls us to get undignified, not only physically, but I mean figuratively, so to speak, in the way that we pray for things. We want to be pride-filled and, and also at the same time pray for, pray for something in our lives. God calls us sometimes to say, Lord, I'm going to get down on my face about this. I'm going to just lay before you. I'm going to bend down and I'm going to pray. God, the posture matters in our walk with God, the way that we talk with God. Now, here's a story, okay, if you don't believe it. Noah and Gracie know how to chill. Luke does not know how to chill. And if you're new, I've got three kids. My youngest, Luke, is four years old. The child never, ever, ever, ever sits still, ever. Okay, ever. All right, and I am almost 40 years old. And I just can't chase him the way that I did when I was younger, okay? Judge me if you want. And so there are times where I don't want to go outside with you. I don't want to go dig through the sandbox with you. I don't want to go chase the cat or find a turtle. I just want to relax, okay? But every once in a while when I feel that way, Luke's posture will change. And he'll go from saying, Dad, would you go do this? Would you go do that? Dad, would you? Would you? Dad, would you? Would you do that? Dad, Dad, would you? And he'll get down on his knees or he'll say, please, dad. And I say, no. (laughs) Of course not. You see, his posture, now check this out. Check this out. His posture changes my answer. You have a child, you have a grandchild. And they ask you for something. And when they begin to beg... Your heartstrings kind of, you know it's wrong. You know you probably shouldn't give in and give them whatever. But you're, you're tempted to and sometimes you do give in. Why is that? Because their posture changed. Sometimes it's not just praying. It's how we pray. Elijah had learned the art of posture as it relates to prayer. Another thing we can, I love this. Another thing we can learn from this story is faith changes what you hear. Now, did you catch this story? First of all, let's say that together. Faith changes what you hear. Now, did you catch that story? He's talking to Ahab. God has told him, okay, after this miracle earlier that took place, I'm going to end this drought. So Elijah... There's nothing in the air. There's no rain. There's nothing. He says, he says, I hear a rainstorm coming. Yesterday, Noah's playing in a ball tournament all weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and today. And yesterday, I said, you smell that? And Whitney goes, nope. I said, I smell a comeback. She goes, you're weird. I said, we're going to come back in this game. And so later, we came back and a friend of mine said, boy, you smelled something, didn't you? I said that before I even knew it. I could just feel it. It was happening. Elijah begins to sense that God is up to something. 
And his faith in God, now check this out, his faith in God changed what he heard. See, faith has a way of changing the story that you tell yourself. That's good. Faith has a way of changing the story that you tell yourself. What story do you tell yourself? See, on paper, there was no rainstorm. But Elijah was beginning to tell himself something. God was beginning to tell him another story. When we begin to trust God and we begin to have faith in God, God begins to tell us another story. It changes our perspective. I've shared this story many times, but we have these big bay windows in the front of our house. And it would frustrate me because my kids would stick their little hands on that glass and it would make them dirty. And one day, I began to, God began to tell me a different story about those fingerprints. You're so focused on those fingerprints, and you want to grab the Windex, but son, you better, you better focus on those fingerprints, and you better celebrate those fingerprints, because in about 10 years, you're not going to see those fingerprints, because they ain't going to be here no more. And I went from being frustrated to getting wet-eyed. See, when we encounter God, He changes what we hear and what we see, and our perspective changes. You're in the middle of a struggle. You're in the middle of a trial. You're in the middle of something. And you're, let, you're telling yourself a story or Satan's telling you a story. And you've bought that story. What would it look like if you began to believe a different story? What would it look like if you began to believe there isn't just a drought, but there's rain coming at some point? Go get something to eat and drink and buckle your seats, boys. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Faith makes you persistent as well. Faith makes you persistent. We see in this story after he talks to his servant. Now now check this out. Seven times Elijah told him to go look. Seven times. And finally, the seventh time, his servant tells him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. How many times did he go look? How many times was it? Do you see this playing out? Hey, I prayed. Go look. I don't see anything. Are you sure you prayed? What number am I on? I can't do two things at once. exactly what you were praying for I know you're praying for rain there's a cloud kind of small see sometimes we pray for something 
and it doesn't happen the way that we want it to happen or as fast as it can happen and we just quit. Because that's what we always do, isn't it? We have a tendency as humans to quit. We see it through the Old Testament. People quitting. Because we want it to work out a specific way. But you know, sometimes, sometimes when we're looking for the rainstorm, we miss the cloud. Sometimes we're looking for the rainstorm and we're missing the cloud. See, you want your husband to be exactly what you want him to be. And he's not exactly what, he, what you want him to be. But he's in church now. Or all of a sudden he's a little bit better than he used to be. And you're missing that little cloud because you keep focusing on the rainstorm. You're struggling with alcoholism. And you're focused on the fact that you're not clean yet. But you're taking less drinks than you used to. You're focused on the fact that your child isn't like everybody else and she and he or she has got these issues and that, but you're missing the fact that she loves you with all her heart and she's trying. God's called you to some kind of mission or ministry and you're upset because did I hear God right? Because you've been waiting and waiting and nothing's happening and you're missing the fact that God's beginning to put things in place and you're missing all these little things because you're focused on the rainstorm and there's a cloud. fact the bible says it was a little cloud see faith changes what we hear and faith changes what we see ahab and his servant could have maybe looked at that and said that's just a cloud but when you're connected to god that's not just a cloud he comes back and he's like there's a cloud and elijah says ahab You better get in your ride and get home because the rain's coming. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want a little bit more confirmation, that cloud to get a little bit bigger, to get a little bit blacker, for there to at least have a sprinkle or a raindrop before I'm going to do that. But Elijah was so connected to God, and he heard God say, it's time for the rain to end. He wouldn't have done that if he hadn't been talking to God, but God had clued him in. And so he was confident to be able to say, God, the rain's coming. That's why David was able to go to Goliath and, and stand in front of him and start mocking him and saying, my God's going to hand me into your hand. I don't care how big you are, how strong you are. God told me I'm going to win. And by the way, when we read this book, we win. And we're focused on the wrong clouds and we're focused on the, rain, the wrong rainstorm. And God says, you don't understand. We win. We get to see our loved ones again. There's going to be a time and a place where there's not going to be any suffering. There's not going to be any more sorrow. There's not going to be strife in relationships between people. You're looking at the wrong clouds. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're focused on the drought. What story are you telling yourself? Because if you're connected to God, it alters the story that you tell yourself. So what are you looking for? I have a tendency to point out what Noah does wrong when he's playing sports. Instead of t- You've heard me say this. Instead of focusing on what he does right. And my wife told me one time, why don't you quit picking apart every little thing he does and celebrate everything that he does right? I said, why don't you quit talking to me like that? <laughs> but you know, don't tell her she was right. 
See, what do you want to see? You want to see those fingerprints on the, on the bay, on the window as a nuisance? Or do you want to see them as a celebration? Do you want to see that your house is chaos? I heard this story one time. This mother who was stressed out called her daughter, called her, her mother and said, My house is a wreck. It's crazy. And the mother, the grandmother looked at her and said, My house is perfect and I'd give anything to trade spots with you. It's perspective. It's chaotic. I'm so busy. There's so much going on. It's perspective. Sometimes we pray for the rain to come and it doesn't feel like it came. It doesn't feel like it's here. But you hold on. The Bible says there's a big rain coming. What are you looking for? The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. When we look at rain, you know, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, which means stuff happens to people that that we don't know why. But also rain is a cleansing thing. That's why we take showers. Sometimes we're in a dry season and we just need God to rain down. I'm looking forward to tonight just to worship God. You can stand, you can sit, you can come and just worship God. This morning we had another song that we were going to do earlier this week. And I said, Brian, I know that our people haven't sang this song, but man, you've got to do this song to close the service. It's called There is a Cloud. And it's about this, it's literally written from this story. You need to know today that there is a cloud forming in your life. You're focused on the drought. You're focused on the rainstorm that isn't here yet. But God's saying, look at the clouds. There's hope today for you. See, Satan doesn't want you to hear that. He wants you to believe in your addiction or believe in your struggle or believe that they won't change or you won't change or nothing's ever going to be different. But what if you put more hope and more faith in the God of the rain and the God of the drought, in the God of the mountain, in the God of the valley, in the God of the meantime, in the God of right now? What if you said, I trust you? This whole series that we've been talking about is about faith. It's saying, I trust you no matter what. Two weeks ago, we sang a song, even if, even if you heal, even if you don't, I trust you. My prayer has been, God, through this series, through this five-week series that we're ending today, maybe there'd be one person that would, with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength would say, it's yours. So as we stand together this morning, what are you looking for? And what if you stop looking too soon? Man's number is the number six. And we see the number seven all throughout scripture. Because six plus one equals man plus God. 
Don't stop on six. Don't quit praying. Don't keep circling. Don't keep believing. Don't quit. Keep trusting. What are you looking for? One of, uh, one of my favorite little verses that we probably don't always realize is this simple line that says, and it came to pass. Some of us are hurting and we're grieving and you just feel like you can't breathe. And it came to pass. Maybe you're struggling with a divorce that you didn't want and you can't breathe. And it came to pass. We have the hope of heaven. We have God's hope living in us. If you don't know that hope, the Bible just says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that we can be saved. You see, we sang about a way earlier, Hosanna, our Savior. Jesus died so that we can have hope. Jesus died so we can have the right mindset. Jesus died so that we can have the right heart. Jesus died so that we can be in the midst of the storm or the drought or the rain and trust him and say, God, I receive what you have for me right now. If somebody else caused what's going on right now, I trust you, even if you will, even if you won't. There's a cloud, no cloud, rain, whatever. Lord, I trust you. I put my faith in you. It works. It works. Lord Jesus, may we go live with our faith. May we trust in who we can't see, despite what we can see. Father, I pray for each person that's here today. Father, give them what they need. Father, show us and teach us how we can live out your faith. We give you praise and glory and honor for who you are. In Jesus' name. The Lord, may he bless you and keep you. The Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.